Good morning, all of our friends on Live a Life by Design. Man, another beautiful Monday. The world is looking just fantastic at my window. But I'll tell you what's even more fantastic is I get to share a few minutes this morning with one of the, my most favorite people. Her name, Lori Few. Good morning, Lori Few. Good morning, and thank you for having me again and again and again and again. <laughs> Tell you what, Lori's the real, uh, to be honest with you, real star of this show, folks, but I'm here to be her support oh. staff, so I can tell you <laughs> I'll do my best work supporting that lady's ambitions on Live a Life by Design. So, hey, so how was your week so far? You're off well, to a good start? Off to a good start. You know, it's early, though, so like, let's, we're going to have good predictions for the rest of it. We're, we're just going to make sure that we're checking all the good boxes. Let me tell you what, we're going to check some boxes today because you and I are going to talk about something that I know we hold most dear, and that is living a fulfilled life. Now, you know, people go, hey, you got to have riches galore to live a fulfilled life. And they look at all these people out in California that are movie stars or whatever and and dot com, you know, multimillionaires, and they think they have to have that in their life to live a fulfilled life. But Lori, I'm going to share something with people today, and I know you will too that you can do this on anyone's budget. It doesn't have to be multimillionaires. So true, so true. We're going to give you the uh, financially, fiscally responsible on a budget version. With a little splurge. <laughs> you splurge as well. Like you, eat, you know, drink all the yes. coffee you want, right? Am I true? Is yes, yes, okay. yes. Oh, yes. We, we will. Splurges uh, <laughs> are okay. Well, you know, this last week, let me tell you a couple of things that happened this last week before we get started. You're going to laugh. So you never know what's going to happen in real life. Uh, I went to a local store, and I won't say the name, large, large store. And I went in the evening. I'm talking like this is like 8 o'clock p.m., right? And um, I just had to run in and grab one thing. And I think I must have done something wrong. My wife makes me go to these stores, which I don't like to go to if I've done something wrong, apparently, but she won't tell me what I did wrong. She goes, you need to go to this store and you need to get <laughs> this stuff. And I said, are you sure I have to go now? I mean, it's eight o'clock. She goes, yes, you have to go. Now this store stays open all, all the time. So I go in this store and I tell you, this is the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. And I'm a people watcher and I do not want you to think I'm making fun of these people. It just caught me off guard as to the location, the time of day and the dress code. So I go in, <laughs> I go into this place, and I swear to you that someone had their undergarments on the outside of a pair of sweatpants. And this <laughs> this young lady was making a statement because on the sweatpants you could tell there was some writing, like you know, um, some of the brands put their their logo on the um... bottom of the sweatpants. And all I could make out was a little partial part of the two layers. Now you're going to say, well, wait a minute, what were you doing looking? I'm going to tell uh -huh. you, I first walked in the door, Lori, you couldn't have missed it. She was right there. And I came back and I told my wife, I said, I was so tempted to take a photo, but I just knew my phone would click or something and I'd really be in trouble. But this young person <laughs> said to the world, I will be me and I don't care what you think. <laughs> well, and, and that's absolutely true. And, <laughs> and with younger generations, what I find is that they absolutely 100% live in that truth. and. They don't care. Uh, obviously, I was raised that you did never wear your undergarments outside of your clothing or showed of any of them. But, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, more more power to that person because well, I don't know that I could do it. 
you're a more astute and 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 very refined young lady. So let me ask you, is this where we're going to? I need to start wearing the old tidy whities on the outside of the pants when I go somewhere. <laughs> no, no, Jimmy. Oh, okay. You do not. Okay, well, um, I want to keep up. Not, yeah, I, I listen. I, I <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you hear you heard it here first. I told Jimmy not to do that. Do not wear well, the YD tidies on the outside. Okay. I, I agree that we want to keep on trend. I do. However, there are probably <laughs> things that now that we are in a certain age category, we are not allowed to, it's not socially acceptable for us to do those things. You, so we're going to have know, to express ourselves in a different way. You are just exactly right. <laughs> My little niece would say there are certain things that are just wrong and that is just yeah, wrong. That's so just wrong. Absolutely. But, so let's talk about this fulfilled life, unlike what the young lady wore at the Walmart. But I did, don't know why it came up, but to me, that made my journal because I wrote it like you would like a page and a half about. I can't believe what I saw today at a local yeah. store. But so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. Of, I know we've got people listening this year that have set you know, BHAG starting in January. They've got all of these wonderful things that they're thinking and wanting to accomplish and how they're building their lives to be better than they were the previous year. But let's talk today, Lori, about living a fulfilled life. So what to you as a person does a fulfilled life mean? You know, I we, oh, it's hard. Such a, a, a tough subject this early um, on a Monday morning. But to, to me, I mean, obviously we talk just about every episode about goals. And to me, a fulfilled life is always moving in that next direction of creating the what's next um, for our lives, for ourselves, for our families, for our businesses, for our opportunities and organizations. So, you know, we talk a lot about without dreams and goals, there's there's no living, there's only just existing. So for me, living a fulfilled life is keeping to create those goals and moving that you know needle in the right direction. That. So really in life, no mention of was, hey, status quo is no way to grow. Uh, we right. we want to move forward, right? But right. at the end of the day, some people just don't have that unction within them to to do so. So what what keeps you moving with goals? How do you keep moving forward? Oh, I mean, now I'm, I'm going to be completely 110% honest. I mean, there are lots of times where I get stuck in a goal or stuck in a rut. Um, and I may spend a month or so or three months spinning my wheels until I finally decide to get fired up about something. And usually it's when I share a goal with someone and they tell me something like, oh, are you sure? Do you really? Maybe you might want to scale that back a little bit. And that will ignite me on fire. I Don't tell me no. Don't tell me I can't do it. Um, because then that just reminds me, mm, okay. I'll show you. I can do it. I can do it. So we're going to come full circle, Laura. You just told me I couldn't wear the old tidy whities on the outside. Now you're saying if you say <laughs> no, to, are you giving me some kind of hidden message here? No, listen, everything <laughs> except that. Okay. That's the, hidden, that's the hidden message. There is no hidden message. <laughs> it's all out in the open. You're not trying to give me a subliminal <laughs> message about, no. okay. Okay. No, 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 no. So, so what you're really saying is, if you got goals in life, that gives you a reason to rise in the morning, a reason to take off and enjoy the day, or as I say, take from the day. What can you gain yes. from the day? So, you know, one of my philosophies in life is my philosophy of life. Did you catch that? Oh, I did. 
<laughs> My philosophy of life is this, that we as beings with the capability to learn and adapt, which I will go on record, I do not adapt as quickly as some and probably better <laughs> than others. But, you know, in life, we've talked about how, how do we grow as humans? You know, we grow by learning, right? And some people just don't desire to learn more than what they know now. And I think that's a shame because all of us have that capability to learn, some more than others, some quicker than others, but we all have the capability to learn. And to me, a fulfilled life is that philosophy of life that I am learning more each day, but I've got the attitude of gratitude is my philosophy. Yep. Have you, have you ever ran across a person that when that little person walked into a room, they could light up the room only when they left? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's that? Uh, there's a Saturday Night Live character, and I can't remember exactly. You know, I, I have been a, a watcher of that show quite some time. I love comedy, and I love um sketch comedy that's completely live and random and you never know if it's going to, you know, be a failure or a flop or if it's going to really, you know, tickle the funny bone. But there was a lady on the a character and I think her character's name was Debbie Downer. So yes, she was. when you, when you talk about can light up a room when they leave, that makes me think of Debbie Downer immediately. Yeah. We all know, and we've all witnessed and had those types of people in our circle at one point or another. We try to keep those to a minimum. Um, yep. and, and really how you react to that type of, um, attitude and, and energy, uh, sometimes it's hard. I will tell you, part of my philosophy is every day I live it with positivity. Now I know that's not a shock to you, Lori, or anyone that's listening on the 58 countries where we have this broadcast. Uh, I will tell you, though, my optimism is so deep. Let me tell you how optimistic I am. I've got one for you. I hope you got your uh, you got your helmet on. You ready to hang on? I'm ready. I am so optimistic. I would go after Moby Dick in a rowboat, and I'd take the tartar sauce with me. I tell you, that's how <laughs> strong I believe that I can do anything in life. I really do. Now, tartar sauce or cocktail sauce? Uh, no, I do the tartar sauce. Okay, okay, okay. I like the tartar sauce. Now, if I'm doing <laughs> shrimp, I like the cocktail sauce. Cocktail sauce. Okay. All right. Just, it's all about preference. So what's your underlying emotional thought to a, a philosophy of life? What would be one of your words you think would help our audience maybe find themselves in better standing? Oh, you know, I, <laughs> I shouldn't tell this on myself. A friend of mine not too long ago gave me a sticker. Um, that said, apparently I'm over dramatic. Or I'm, <laughs> yeah, apparently I'm over, overly dramatic. Let's just put it that way. And so I stuck the sticker in my bag. I didn't pay much attention to it. I thought at the time, oh, that's funny. Ha ha ha. That's cute. I'll put it down. Um, and later, a month or so later, I was digging around in my bag looking for something and I pulled it out and I looked at it again and I thought, huh, I wonder if that's how people really perceive me. Um, I like to think of myself as if I had a word, I mean, I'd like to think of myself as passionate. Um, I am 110% when I am passionate about something, look out because I will do everything in my power to learn everything I need to know, um, to the greatest extent of, of my being, uh, if it's something that I'm truly passionate about. And I think that we can all tend to be a little overdramatic or be perceived that way. And it's not that it's, it's passion. I, so I took that sticker and I thought, you know, I'm going to use this. And so I, I stuck it up where I could see it. 
And it's on something that I carry with me every day, which is my laptop. And over the last year, I don't know why, but I guess people have figured out my personality. And so now I've been gifted all these different stickers, which are now carrying along on my laptop with me. And they're conversation pieces. But I always go back to that first one and think, I'm not overly dramatic. I'm passionate. And why not explain to other people why you're passionate about something? I mean, I think that's the most fulfilling thing you can do in your life is to share your passions with people. This episode of Live a Life by Design is sponsored by Compass Capital Management. Life has a way of overwhelming you. At Compass Capital Management, you will receive confidence in your financial security as we provide direction, clarity, and vision for your future. Our unique process, the Life Plan Solution, will be the guide to you reaching your goals and realizing your dreams in life. Stop worrying about your future and contact Compass Capital Management to help you live the life you desire. Go to www.compasscapitalmgt.com and request your retirement account or employer plan review today. Register principal securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Jimmy J. Williams is an investment advisor representative of Compass Capital Management LLC, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Compass Capital Management LLC are not affiliated. 321 South 3rd Suite 4, McAllister, Oklahoma, 74501. You said that you were... A, a sticker that said you were overly dramatic. I've dramatic. Handed out, I've handed out stickers to people that I thought were overly traumatic, causing problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. I've never handed a sticker out that said that. Uh, you know, I, I will say this is that you are one lady that I do know definitely is not dramatic. But anyway, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, I have, this, I have other stickers too. Um, oh, you do? Okay. What are yes, they? My, my most recent sticker was gifted to me by um, a fellow person in my office. Um, I actually was gone for a while and I came back to work and it was laying on my desk and I didn't know who gave it to me. It was just laying on my desk and it's a sticker of a coffee cup and the coffee cup says, coffee is the boss of me. That's now that one I buy for you. I do buy that. You <laughs> yes, know, thank addictions you, thank have you. their addictions have their foundings, and that foundings we use the coffee grounds, right? The it coffee beans. Perfection, and now it is front and center amongst all my stickers. So. That's pretty funny. That is funny. Well, so you know, we've talked about goals being a big one as a philosophy of life and to live a fulfilled life. We think philosophy and having that optimistic outlook is another means. What's another one of yours you might use as a characteristic of fulfilling your life? Oh, probably failure. And I know that's negative. I mean, there's so much power in the word failure. And I don't think people really take it for, for truly what it means. Failure to me is, and it, it's a truth. It's a journey. It's an experience. It's a rem- It's a reminder that just because you tried something and you failed doesn't mean that you can't try again and again and again and again. I mean, think about all the great innovators of of the world that gave us so many of of I mean, electricity, uh, the telephone, the computer. All those people that failed over and over and over, but yet wound up with such impactful devices and life-saving, you know, think about doctors and medicine and all the things that you fail a thousand times, but on that 1,001 time, there's a success there. So I, I think failure is probably, I mean, look at all the fulfillment that those people have had. I mean, Steve Jobs, for one, I mean, what, what a testament 
and Alexander Graham Bell, uh, Benjamin Franklin. I mean, all these people who probably were just living a normal life with a thought in their mind to to try something different and to keep trying every time they failed. Um, I think that that's so important. And, you know, the, the people that really, to me, accept failure in a different light. Again, this is showing our age for the generation, but young people, they look at failure. That's not failure. I tried. It's it's fascinating to watch and to see how they you know digest a failure or uh, an attempt to you know do something to better themselves. It's it's fascinating to me. I love it, and so I, that's why I would say the word failure. I know it sounds negative, but it, it's really not when you really dissect it and deep you know dive down deep to the root of it. Right. You know, I think that's an optimistic term, and you're going to laugh though. You're going to say, "Well, how's failure optimistic?" Well, I think it is because I one of my mantras is as I fail often and early. And what I'm saying by that is, is I don't really fail so much as what I learned from the actions that I took that didn't work as planned. So for example, the man that worked for a company called 3M and he developed this little sticker, this adhesive. And they all said to him, nobody's going to want to buy something that won't stay stuck to why you bought, you you put it there. And so they just said, no, no thanks. And they didn't want to go out and produce this product at 3M or the previous companies with, I'm sorry, because 3M is the one that produces it now. Well, anyway, guess what? We have the post-it note today that we use how many people? I mean, all these different sizes from giant boards Love it. all the way down to little bitty stickers you put in your uh, your, your books or whatever. Uh, and at the end of the day, you think, well, they thought that was a failure because it wouldn't stay put. But the original intent may not have been what they meant, but look at the alternatives that came out of it. Wow, I oh. use these things all the time. All the time. They're, I yeah. mean... They are like paper clips. They multiply. You find them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get through security at the airport with these. I mean, you don't have paper yes. clip problems. You can't do that, right? Uh, That's so, right. you know, one thing I want you to think about, and Lori made a good point here, is that failing, though, is not really a negative per se. Everybody perceives it that way. But at the end of the day, it's a motivating factor. And that's my last of the fulfilling life factors for me. I love motivation. I call motivation my force for change. Because until you're motivated to do something, you don't really give your best effort. So a couple of case in points. I did something once that was really not very bright for my age group. So I was challenged by a couple of 20-year-olds. I've told you this in the past about our workouts and stuff. And I decided that I would do something that these 20-year-olds could do, and I bet I could do it better, you know, because I'm older, stronger, probably, and all that stuff. That's what your brain's telling you. So when you're an That's athlete, what your brain school, you. <laughs> your body's going, oh, no, man, don't, no, don't <laughs> do that. So anyway, one of the things I did was this this race, and, and basically it's a race where you have to run a mile. You come back and do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, you do 100 air squats, and then you run another mile. Now, these young men are in better shape. Now, I can do the running of the mile, but now here is the issue. Nobody told me there was a time limit, so I was walking, running, walking, running this mile when I was uh, a little heavier on my feet. So anyway, I get back from this mile, and I realize these young men have already done their 100 push-ups. So I get after it, man. I start after it. So I did 10 push-ups, 10 air squats, and you know, 10 sit-ups. And then I turn around and do another 10. And I did a series of 10 like that, trying to get these things knocked out. Well, what you don't know is, is you look at it and you go, huh, 
well, this isn't going to work. These kids are really ahead of me. And when I say kids, they're like in their 20s again, late 20s. And my point I'm making this is I didn't get accomplished what I thought I could do. So that failure taught me something. There was a different way to skin this cat instead of trying to compete with these 20-year-olds. Why didn't I get something that they could have a tougher time doing? So I came back after they whipped me on that challenge. My pride's gone. I get in my car and I just think, well, I got to learn from this. And I did. So I took them on in something that they had difficulty doing. And uh, so you're, you're going to laugh. I took them on a brain teaser on a vocabulary type test. Now, these 28-year-olds had a decent vocabulary for their age, but they didn't have one as in-depth as your old buddy Jimmy, because I study the word of the day every day, and I use it with a sentence, and I think the the world accepts you as a more intellectual the more you can speak and conduct yourself in an appropriate manner in public. And so it's funny. So the next time I saw these gentlemen, I got up here and I said, hey, I got a question for you. Give me the definition of these five words. And I just picked some five words that I knew weren't in their vocabulary, and they're like, oh, they're stunned. I mean, just stunned. And I said, so what you're telling me is your bodies may be good, but your brains aren't working. So let me ask you this. I gave them five simple you know, trigonometry type problems. They go, we haven't done this since high school. I said, well, can you work these? They said, no. I said, all right, your body's still good. Your brain's not working. I said, last test. If you don't get this right, then you have to run five miles while I'm going to sit here and work out. And I said, are you up for it? And they said, well, sure, sure, we're up for it. We can do it. I know it's got to be something simple. You tried us with English. You tried us with math. So guess what? I throwed five history facts on them and told them to identify the one person that all five of these had in common. They couldn't do it. Oh. Now, don't, don't laugh. Let me tell you who I picked of that person in history. President Reagan. They should have known. They were at the age. They should have known at least who the guy was, right? And mm -hmm. they didn't get it. So they're out running. They come back and they said, and I'll never forget this. They said, old man. <laughs> That's what they called me. They were a little bit peeved. We get what you did just there. And I said, well, you guys picked the last challenge and it was tough on my body, but my brain was willing. So I want to pick something that is easy for your body, but your brain wasn't as easy for, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, it takes both aspects to have a fulfilled life. That's my point of this story. Don't just do what is easy. Do what is challenging, and then it becomes easy. Well, there's nothing easy about that, because when you were saying that you were walking, running, walking, running, the only thing that I could think of my head was Lori would be walking, crying, walking, crying. <laughs> <laughs> there's no crying in baseball or in yeah. sports, right, Avi? <laughs> um, listen, that, yeah. Mm. Oh. We all know this. We all know the story of when Lori tried to take up jogging during COVID. Like, no, it was it was not pretty. Oh uh, boy! I thought you did well. You did well. So, Lori, <laughs> these are the things about fulfilling life. Let's talk about them one more time. The goals that we set for ourselves—they need to be something that makes us better tomorrow than we are today. We have to grow in that goal. The second one was our philosophy of life. Are we going to be positive and optimistic about it? Are we going to learn each day? Are we going to grow as a person, as we said, on our goals? The motivations, but you picked that one I love that's motivating, and you talked about failure. Go ahead and finish yes. this out for this episode. Well, which brings me to a point. Um, you know, since earlier I was talking about comedy, it just reminded me there's another show that I really um, ha have tend to enjoy for, for multiple reasons, but for those of you out there in listening land that love The Office, 
this episode reminded me of a quote from one of my favorite characters, Mr. Dwight Schrute. (laughs) And his quote says, uh, he he says it in one of the episodes and he says, I'm ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. So this week, go out, be Dwight Schrute, face all your challenges, whether or not they're foolish enough to face you and have a great, positive and fulfilled week. We'll see you next week here on Live a Life. Live a Life by by Design. design. (laughs) You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley.